Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Sometimes I do talk in code. I made something very clear to uh, the powers that be. Okay, got it. Oh, I just said, I personally, you do what you want. But you weren't right. Okay, got it. It's better to allude to the situation because you never know who's listening. (laughs) She's not wrong. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was, of course, a clip from this week's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which I feel finally delivered on the promise of the trailer of giving us some of the information from the Erica Jane, Tom Girardi stuff that they've been promising for so many weeks. It wasn't everything. But it was at least something I felt like alive for the first time watching this week. And I didn't feel let down by the episode. Now, I've been enjoying this season quite a bit. However, I haven't liked all the previews saying we're finally getting all the Eric Jane stuff. It's finally coming. And then we end on it to be continued. We don't get any information. So I feel like we finally got that. And even more importantly, that was a clip of Kathy Hilton. Our dear Kathy Hilton, who's just the love of my life. I love every bit of her. Uh, A star on the network. And she apparently talks in code. And Kathy is making Kyle so much more likable, too, by the way. Like, Kyle doing the impressions of Kathy can't get enough of it. Would love a whole YouTube channel of just uh, Kyle doing Kathy impressions. Where's it at, Bravo? That's the web series we want to see. That's the Peacock series we need. Give Kyle a variety show already. That's all we want. <laughs> Do you imagine a Kyle variety hour? I'd watch it, you guys. I know you guys are shaking your head no, like you wouldn't, but I would. I'd tune in every day. I'd load up the Peacock and I'd watch. Uh, Anyway, you guys, we got to talk about the episode of Real Houses of Beverly Hills. There's no Roni on this week. I don't know why they took off. I guess there was a blow deck reunion on or something. And so they just put Ramona and the gals off the air, and I didn't appreciate it. I felt like there was not a good enough reason. Below deck reunion, we could have aired that at a different hour. I don't think we needed to take Roni off. Although absence makes the heart grow fonder, so maybe I'll miss him even more next week. Uh, But we did have Beverly Hills, and I've been thinking a lot about all this Beverly Hills stuff. All the Bamboozle Jane, which speaking about Bamboozle Jane, you know how we call Erica Jane Bamboozle Jane here. Well, there's a video of Bamboozle Jane's TED Talk going around. A couple years ago, Erica did a TED Talk about basically bamboozling people and getting lots of money. I mean, that wasn't, wasn't exactly the log line of the TED Talk, but... Uh, it's part of it. So anyway, this whole TED Talk's going around again. People are watching it. And there was a clip in it where she talks about how it was the greatest bamboozlement. And I'm, let me just play the clip for you. It's the greatest bamboozlement I've ever accomplished. <laughs> now, she wasn't talking about like the Tom Girardi orphan widow stuff. But uh, just hearing her say it was the greatest bamboozlement. It was the greatest bamboozlement. 
I can't do an air container. I feel like it's just very high. But it was the greatest bamboo summit I've ever accomplished. Kind of robotic. Anyway, you guys have been thinking about so much of this bamboozled Jay and Tommy Two-Tones business. And one of the things that's been very frustrating to me is on Bravo, on like Watch What Happens Live, it seems like none of the women are addressing this documentary. None of the women are addressing the Erica Jane stuff. Everyone's just sort of saying like, let's see how it plays out. And I almost feel like people are defending all the stuff with Erica Jane. And I feel like the audience is getting a little bit fed up because on the show on Real Houses Beverly Hills, I believe up until this week, this week they did paint her in sort of a sympathetic light, I think. There was still some shadiness. But up until this point, I believe that Bravo, the editor's production, have been trying to tell us that, yes, she's guilty. And what I mean from that is ever since the first trailer came out and we see Bamboozle Jane in the car talking about she she says in the uh, in one of the scenes i was going to hold that man's death until the day hold his hand till the day he died and then they show a, a image of her looking straight into the camera in that car ride to Sutton/Kyle's house you know she looks directly into the camera and they don't normally keep footage like that of one of the cast members staring directly into camera as if they're Jim from the fucking office and i believe that's their way of saying look at how guilty she looks right even there was that other frame in the trailer where she's talking to Garcelle on a mountaintop and they have like drone footage. You know, I don't even know how they got it must have been a drone. But they got drone footage of Garcelle and Erica Jane talking and Garcelle asks if she knew any of this. And Erica Jane is nodding her head yes, but saying no. Right? And I feel like the Bravo Utters kept that in as their way of saying, look how guilty she is. So in my, yes, they, they haven't explicitly said Erica Jane is guilty. It's not like we've gotten uh, uh, some words on the screen that say, look at Erica Jane's guilty. But I believe them to be telling us that she's guilty. They want us to believe that. And so then when I'm seeing all the cast members, I'm seeing them on Watch What Happens Live, and I'm seeing Erica Jane on social media act as if we're crazy for thinking she's guilty. I'm like, are you not watching the show that you're on? I mean, even on Twitter, Erica Jane said, when did everyone on Twitter become fucking expert on other on others' personal lives? Do you actually believe this shit? She tweeted. Then she tweeted, everyone is so pressed, but I did find out the name of one of the snakes feeding bad info. No surprise, really. This person always struck me as weak. Now, first of all, you guys, I there might be a snake in the grass uh, in terms of Erica Jane's camp. I'm not sure who she's referring to, if she's uh, Mikey Pathopus Minden, they seem like they're good friends, so I don't know if it's him, maybe one of the other people. However, I'm sort of thinking, like, I want to reply to that tweet, like, Erica, it's bravo. They're the snakes. They're painting you as if you're guilty. Like, do you not see that? They're leading the audience to believe that you're guilty. They're trying to say it. They're saying it to us in the editing. And then she says, when did everyone on Twitter become an expert on others' personal lives? When you went on a reality show where the audience is uh, commenting on your personal life. And I feel like the audience were all going a little bit nuts. Maybe it's just me. But I'm just, I'm like, where is the disconnect here? The whole point of a reality show is to show your life and the viewing audience is commenting on your life because it's not, if it was scripted, we'd be commenting on the scripted world. But it's not. And then to say there's one snake in the grass, it's like, lady, where I get off saying lady, lady, <laughs> lady, the show you're on uh, is the is the smoking gun. We got footage of you looking directly into camera. 
That's what Jim did on The Office when he was trying to say, look at that thing over there. You know, in The Office, every time something crazy would be happening around him, Jim would look into the camera and say, and that was his way of saying, look what's going on over there. So Lady, Bamboozle Jane, like we want, uh, hopefully you're innocent. You know, I don't want to believe that anyone's bamboozling orphans and widows. But I just like us all to not feel so crazy as if we're seeing something that's not there because they're showing us one thing and then uh, the ladies in interviews and stuff like that are acting another way. So anyway, that was my little rant about that. I just feel like we're all the audiences, we're led to believe that we're crazy for thinking this woman is guilty of things that they're trying to tell us she's guilty of. Do you get what I'm saying? Does that make sense? I don't know. It's the greatest bamboozlement I've ever accomplished. There's a lot of layers to this thing, and we're getting uh, peeling back the onion every week here. And I don't know when we'll get all the answers. This week, we got a lot of stuff, a lot of footage of what's happening. We got her talking about it, but there's still a whole legal case that needs to be resolved. So we'll find out more. We'll find out more as things go. But you guys, let's get into this week's episode. Of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, shall we? Oh, by the way, it's summertime. Happy summertime. Summertime. I had my B12 juice. <laughs> I told you I'd take these little B12 droplets. They're from Earth Bar. They give me a good boost. So if anyone, if you're thinking Danny's hyper today, you know what? You're right. You're not wrong. Danny is because he had his B12 shots right before. It's not a shot. It's like a little droplet you put on your tongue. But they give me some energy. Earth Bar. This is not an ad. And honestly, I'm not even sure if I should promote that because I don't know that this is a good thing. I feel like I could run a marathon and then uh, do a shopping spree. You know what I've always wanted to do? Shopping spree. This is a total aside. But remember in Nickelodeon, they used to do that contest where you would get to run through Toys R Us and put all the shit in your cart? It was like you got 10 minutes at Toys R Us. I used to apply for that every year. You'd send in a postcard. Oh my God, you guys. I remember one year I put all these stickers on my postcard to try to make it like stick out. Because I, I always thought they like pulled it out of like a bucket. They put everyone's postcards or entry forms in a bucket or something. That's what I imagined. And I remember I sent it in and I put like a million fucking stickers on it. I went to the Hallmark store. My aunt used to work there, my great aunt. I got all the sticker packs on sale. And then I threw them all over my application for that toy run for Toys R Us. Oh, I wanted that so bad. It would have been a dream come true. And it was only a couple minutes in there. I, I wonder what even... Uh, Toys R Us lost in goods because I don't think it was that much money you could really fit in the cart. But I used to plan. I would I would go into a Toys R Us and I think, what would I do on the toy run? I'd go straight for the video games. You know, I go for the Nintendo systems. Go for all the toys that my parents wouldn't get us. And uh, you guys want it so bad, but that's the dream. It's like supermarket sweep for kids. That needs to. Be, that should be a show. I'm spitballing here, but that should be a show. I know they brought back supermarket sweep. Let's get a kids version of that at a toy store. It helped reinvent uh, Toys R Us, reinvigorate. And speaking of summertime, too, you guys, I don't know if you follow me, but on social media, I was posting, I was home visiting my family in Ohio, and I found this old sketch notebook. We're taking a detour. Just skip ahead if you're not interested. Uh, But I found this old sketch pad where I had a lot of, it was from when I was 13-ish, and I kept a lot of lists. I've always been a big list person. Uh, but also, I wrote sketches. I like thought I was going to be on SNL. I like wrote SNL sketches. I wrote a movie pitch in my thing. 
And I promise that I'm going to read some of like, the sketches and stuff, because some of it's wild. I wrote a drama about a girl with cystic fibrosis when I was 13. Like, that was... <laughs> I, swear, I kid you not, you guys. There's a script there. It's not a full script, but there's like scenes and an outline and a summary of this drama that I had envisioned when I was 13 about a young gal with cystic fibrosis. I don't know what was going on with me. I mean, it was my way of getting it out, I suppose, my way of being creative. Uh, but I will read that at some point. Also, uh, I mentioned it's summertime, and I kept a list for our summer vacation. So when we would go on summer vacation, we'd drive to usually Myrtle Beach or Florida. Florida was the worst because it was like a 20-hour drive from Ohio. And you guys know, if you've listened to the podcast, I've had quite a few bad experiences in Florida involving a golf cart, uh, lots of stuff. I got misplaced, a whole slew of stuff. Me and Florida don't mix. Um, but we had one of those like little mini TVs with a VCR attached. And I remember they let me be in charge of what movies we brought on vacation. So I would make a list of like what we'd watch on the way to Myrtle Beach, for instance, and when I was 13, I made a list. And I just want to read this list because I, I do think it's important if any of you out there are parents and you're wondering if your kids might be gay, one of the things that I would say to you is check their lists. If they're making lists in notebooks and they have movies like uh, I'm going to list here to take on a vacation, a summer vacation, when they're just newly a teenager, then they might be gay, I'm sorry to say. Nothing sorry about it, actually, you know, out loud and proud, but... Uh, I just want to say these were the movies that I wanted to take on my summer vacation when I was a 13-year-old young man. Number one on that list was The Out-of-Towners, which is the Goldie Hawn, Steve Martin movie. Not the original, it was the remake that no one else saw. There's a cameo from uh, Miranda, Cynthia Nixon from Sex and the City uh, as a sex addict. That was one of the movies I want to watch. Number one, I have both Father of the Bride movies on there. My Cousin Vinny, one of the greatest performances from Marissa Tomei. Uh, let's see. Oh, number seven on this list is the movie Stepmom. That's right. On my way to Myrtle Beach for a beach vacation, I wanted to watch the movie Stepmom, where Susan Sarandon, spoiler alert, her character dies, and Julie Roberts has to take the role of the mother. That was a favorite movie that I wanted to watch on a vacation, you guys. On a vacation. What was going on? What were my parents thinking when on the way, my brothers are in the back seats with me. You know, the, all three of us are in the back uh, and I'm looking to watch Stepmom. Like, I don't think we did watch it that trip, but just imagine me in the backseat as a 13-year-old young man, trying to convince my older brothers, one of which he would have been eight, my oldest brother would have been 18. And I'm trying to convince my 18-year-old brother, my parents, and my, uh, what, 15-year-old brother, 16-year-old brother to watch Stepmom on a summer break. Stepmom, who does that? Who, like, we all want to sit and sob on the way to Myrtle Beach. <laughs> It's like so insane. So insane. Oh, and there was also The Associate. Does anyone remember that movie? It was where Whoopi Goldberg, love me some Whoopi Goldberg. There's like six Whoopi Goldbergs on that list, six of her films. But there was one where she was an associate. She uh, put on this costume to be a businessman, to get respect. And it co-stars Diane Weist as like uh, her assistant. It's everything to me. But those were the movies I wanted to take on vacay. So, I don't know, if you're getting ready for a vacay and you got some kids and they're making lists of movies to watch on the way, you know, check the list, read it, and then and then maybe think about it. Not to stereotype, but that's my experience, and maybe uh, maybe you'll see that kind of behavior in your children. Anyway, let's get to this episode of The Real House of Beverly Hills, shall we? Okay, so we, we open with, like, the previews from last week. They keep showing that divorce text 
They keep showing it, and I keep laughing. Where Erica Jane in the divorce text that she texted all the gals, where at the end it just says, this is going to be tough. And there's a period. There's no exclamation. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I use an exclamation point uh, way too often. My emails, if you get an email from me, I'm like embarrassed at this point because every sentence ends with an exclamation point. It's embarrassing, but it's who I am. And who Erica Jane is, is no exclamation points. It's just, this is going to be tough. This is going to be tough. That was a terrible impression. (laughs) Anyway, uh, they're all at the Sutton slash Kyle house for Sutton's Parisian party. Now, Erica Jane walks in. I've never seen her smile so much. How long has she been on the show? She was smiling like up a storm as if she just, she was watching the Out of Town or Steve Martin Goldie Hawn remake. I mean, she was smiling ear to ear when she walked in. I could not believe it. And then Kyle, all the gals are actually like wondering, well, how, uh, how is she going to address this? Is she going to talk about it? Kyle says, you just never know with Erica if she wants to be left alone, if she's going to share with us today. And I thought that's not really a good reality TV personality. You know, to have on these shows someone who you just don't know if they're going to share or not. Because quite frankly, every cast member on a reality TV show should be willing to share. Now, that's one of the reasons why I would never want to be on a reality TV series. I want to share what I want to share and uh, not share what I don't want to share. So I get it. But if you're going to be a cast member on The Real Housewives, you should be willing to share. And uh, Garcelle eventually does call it out. She kind of, and we get to talk to her, but first we go to the lunch table. And uh, Kathy can't see. She's looking for a name. She's like, I can't see. I love Kathy. Uh, I love Kathy. They all sit down, though, and they're about to eat. And we got to talk about this for a minute. The chefs, they made some good-looking food. Sutton had some cooks there, chefs, whatever. And they bring out uh, the first course, which was a salad. And I'm uh, hesitant to even call it a salad because it was wet lettuce. It was just wet lettuce on a plate. And Rena said, mmm, that looks delicious. She said that in regards to wet lettuce. I don't even think it was dressing, you guys. There was not a crouton in sight, not an olive to be seen, not a cucumber, nothing. I didn't see nothing in that salad, not a slice of Parmesan. I didn't see anything, not a cracked peppercorn, not a drop of anything else. It was wet lettuce. I don't think it was oil on the lettuce either. It was just wet lettuce. And I heard Rena just say, mmm, that looks delicious. Mmm, yum. Mmm, wet lettuce. I thought, what is, we're definitely in Beverly Hills. Because if somebody brought wet lettuce to my table, I certainly wouldn't be saying, mm, that looks delicious. I'd say, get back in the kitchen and get me an olive. You know, I don't care if you got to grab them from the martini bar or what, but we need something on that wet lettuce. Because that's not a salad. That's like, uh, that can fill me up. Some cheese, shave some Parmesan there, some mozzarella. I'm Italian. We get any, a tomato even. If we're going healthy, let's get a tomato, uh, some cucumber, cracked peppercorn, maybe a little avocado, some fresh lemon juice. Don't just run the lettuce underwater and then serve it on the plate. I swear that's what it was. I paused it, you guys. The rest of the food looked good. It did. And they even had like specialized dessert with their name on it. But I would be feeling real bad if they first came out with that wet lettuce and I was sitting down at a dinner party. I'd think, what's to come? If this is the starter then I wouldn't be too optimistic about the rest of the food. Uh, but Rena was excited. She said, mmm, this looks delicious. Mmm, wet lettuce. Looks delicious. Uh, then we talk about Dorit. So the whole thing with Kathy, I played that clip at the beginning of her talking in shorthand. They talk about it because they're talking about Dorit and how she's long-winded, which we talked about last week on the show. Uh, but I really love Kyle doing the Kath impression. 
Uh, and especially that one clip of Kath talking to Rinna, it's better to allude to the situation because you never know who's listening. And I think that's a great motto to live by. I'm going to put it on a pillow. She says, it's better to allude to the situation because you never know who's listening. Kathy threw a little shade, I thought, to Erica Jane. There was that one moment later in the episode where she said something about magazines. She's like, you don't want to, she's like, the real big people don't want to be in a magazine. And I thought that's what she was saying. Uh, but Kath uh, requested the caviar be served at the table because she said it gets blue. And I imagine Kath saw that wet lettuce and that's when she told the chef, like, you better bring that fucking caviar out to the table. Because Kath always wants a snack. Remember, they were on the trip and Kath said, who's got the snacks? Kath needs a snack. Uh, but she did eventually request that they bring the caviar to the table because you know when it's at the table, you can request how much you want, you know, and Kath wasn't playing the games. And I thought that's because of the wet lettuce. It's because of the wet lettuce. And someone at the table, I, I was just shouting at the TV, someone say, what the fuck is going on? Someone just say that out loud because we're all beating around the bush with Erica Jane. She does reveal that she got a new car and that's when she gets into like all the divorce stuff. Now she said she got a new Range Rover and there was silence. Silence. And this is another, these are the little moments, even like last week or a couple weeks ago on the show, when we hear Erica Jane and Lake Tahoe talking about Tommy Tutunes and how she loves him. He's always lawyering and, and now she's talking about the Range Rover. And I think these are the little moments that they keep in to say, Oh, she's guilty. And Bravo wants us to keep changing sides, right? So they want us to think she's guilty. Then they want to sympathize with her. That's what makes for good TV. They want us to kind of be on our toes, liking her one minute and disliking her the next. Uh, but up until this point, I do believe that they've wanted us to think that she was guilty. That's my opinion. Maybe it's wrong. Maybe it's wrong. But Erica Jane says, let's, dis- let's discuss the elephant in the room. That was terrible, Erica Jane, you guys. She said, my life changed drastically this week. I let go of my Lamborghini, my 16,000-foot square home, and my marriage. Marriage was last on the list, by the way. It was like Lamborghini one, big-ass house two, and then marriage to Tommy Two Tones was three. And uh, she says he didn't really speak much to her. She said, none of you knew on purpose because it would put you in a bad position. It doesn't serve me. My question is, though... In Lake Tahoe, like, why was she seemingly offering up information on camera about her relationship with Tommy? Right? Like, am I nuts? She said, I spent 30 days closing out certain parts of my life. So 30 days would have been more so. So that means she would have known in Lake Tahoe that she wasn't with this man or was going to get a divorce from him. And I don't know. So it's not adding up quite to me. They show all that footage of her getting rid of the clothes, too, which I wonder... What did that mean exactly? I, I must admit something. When they showed that flashback footage of her saying with Mikey Minden and she was getting rid of the clothes. Remember Sutton came, they had the sh- chocolatier. Uh, remember we talked about that? So I wondered why are they showing that? Is that like because they're implying that she was shady getting rid of those clothes before filing for divorce? That shadiness too when she said she stole the furniture. You guys, we'll get there. We'll get there. But Erica Jane said she cried every day. And they're playing this real sympathetic music. So this is now them saying like, uh, okay, she's not guilty, right? They're trying to, now they're trying to flip it on us. So we think something different. Uh, Erica does say she did it on election day to bury it in regards to releasing the information that they were going to get divorced. And that to me was a smoking gun because I just saw online, there were photos of Erica Jane at the gas station pumping the gas. Did you guys see this? She's not in glam. The hair is kind of disheveled. 
and she's pumping gas at the tank on her car. And I believe those to be set up paparazzi photos. I don't know that to be sure, but I can't imagine there's paparazzi sitting at the gas station and then they're like, oh, Erica Jane. Now they could have followed her there, but I feel like somebody had to tip them off like, oh, Erica's at the, the gas. She's getting gas, pumping the gas. So I think that was set up to like maybe make her a little sympathetic. And the reason why I'm even more inclined to believe that it was set up is because here on the episode, she's telling us she uh, released the information on election day to bury it. So she knows how the media works. At the uh, bare minimum, she does understand how to use press and media. So that's how I'm looking at it. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't know any of this stuff to be facts. This is all just opinions. I don't, I'm not a court of law. <laughs> I'm a court of opinion. And everything I say in this podcast is alleged. Who knows? What do I know? Let's take a quick break here, and then we'll come back and talk more about this week's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Uh, Anyway, she uh, does say, she said, I'm going to hold that man's hand until he dies, she tells the women. And Rinna said, I think this was in her confessional, she said, Erica's really methodical. And then that's when Erica Jane says she stole the furniture. She said, I, and then in the confessional... She says it in real time. I stole the furniture. And then in the confessional, she's like, well, it was nothing. It was just a sofa and two chairs. You know, she, then she plays it off because I bet the producers asked her. You know, They sat her down in the confessional. They said, you said you stole furniture. What did you steal? And then you know the wheels were turning in Erica Jane's head. She's like, oh, fuck, did I say that on camera? And then she's trying to kind of backpedal a little bit and say, well, it's just a couch and two chairs. <sighs> you guys... Those are the moments that I'm I'm telling you. They're telling us. They're trying to tell us. I took a sofa and two chairs. And then uh, they're all outside. And um, Kathy, that's when she starts talking about rich people not doing covers. She said, when you're on the cover of a magazine, it's not a good thing. And that's why a lot of the big people, you not really. So Kath is doing that shorthand thing. But what I believe Kathy would be saying, now I'm not the Kathy whisperer. I mean, I, maybe eventually I'll get there. But I believe Kathy was throwing some shade at Erica Jane for always doing like songs. It's expensive to be me and, and showing off the wealth because it's not a good thing to show off your wealth. You just don't do it. Money talks, wealth whispers, right? Isn't that the saying? Did I get that right? Who knows? Unclear. 
But uh, uh, the point of this whole thing is that I love Kathy. Uh, then we are outside. Kyle and Dorit eventually make up. Erica says she hopes things will die down. Uh, but re- in regards to that Pasadena house, the 16,000-foot Pasadena house, which was never very warm and inviting to me. Remember, it had the chapel. Uh, apparently, Erica was the third wife who lived there. So I didn't know that. I don't know how many people I thought that Tommy Two Jones was married to, but it was a shock to me that she was the third. I don't know why. Did they tell us that before? Maybe they did. Uh, anyway, then we're getting into the Sutton Crystal stuff. Now, Kyle actually sticks up for Sutton because everyone's talking about how Crystal felt violated. And I sort of agreed with Kyle in that I don't believe it was sinister. Again, I'm not saying that it wasn't inappropriate that Sutton uh, walked into somebody's room, but I don't think she did it maliciously or sinisterly. I think we saw the footage, and I honestly believe that it was accidental. Now, that doesn't make it right, and I know Crystal was offended by what she said in terms of like, oh, I don't know what you're doing in there. I just don't believe that it was sinister. And, you know, Dorit implies that it was, you know, that everyone's taking sides here. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, then we cut to, uh, it's the next day or it's later in the week and Garcelle's meeting with the gate, dating coach. I almost said gating coach. I don't know what the fuck that is. Garcelle, though, I believe should be swatting away men with a stick. The fact that the straight male race isn't lining up outside of Garcelle's doors makes me disgusted disgusted in all of you. You know, I don't, straight men listening, you know, I am disgusted at the fact that you're not all lined up outside Garcelle. She's gorgeous. She's successful. She's fun. She's funny. She's all of the good things, intelligent, a hard worker, all of the things. Uh, you know, I know she did say to the dating coach, she doesn't want too big of a dick. And so maybe that's a, a reason why some of the men are staying away. But I do think that it's disgusting to me. It's, she's got to meet a dating coach. If Garcelle can't find a hundred uh, men, where's the hope for the rest of us? I mean, come on. So then we cut to Mikey Min. I thought at this point in the episode, I thought we're going to be done with the Erica Jane stuff. I thought they're not going to tell us anything more. But we get more of it. So we see Erica Jane moving into the rental. And there was a fake plant in the rental. And honestly, at that moment, I think it was a fake plant. Could be wrong. You know, I have a plant that everyone always thinks is fake on my Zooms. I, it's real. But, you know, some of them, they look fake, but they're not. And I saw one and I thought, I think that's a fake plant. And that's when I was a little bit shook. And it's a 2,000 square foot rental. And I sort of did feel like they were acting like this was like a closet or something. I mean, a 2,000 square foot rental, it's like, it's big. It's like bigger than my apartment. It's like a pretty big place. She's got a whole bedroom with clothes. She's got what she calls a shoe palace in the third bedroom. A shoe palace. Now, I don't know about this. I kind of think the optics of this aren't great. Like maybe you should have moved into a smaller place. Uh, in terms of dealing with this uh, whole fraud case and everything that's going on with Tommy Two-Tones. Uh, but here she is living in a place big enough for a shoe palace. It's the greatest bamboozlement I've ever accomplished. It's bamboozlement that she's accomplished. So I couldn't believe that we're here with a shoe palace. And I'm, I'm trying to wonder, like, are we supposed to root for this woman with a, a shoe palace? What are the optics here? Because I don't think that's great optics. Tom, uh, it is revealed that treated Erica like his property. And I didn't like this. He said, uh, that Erica told us that one day they were out to dinner with a bunch of other clients or other men with this firm or whoever they are. And she said, uh, Tom said, if you can, uh, if you think you can afford her, you can have her in regards to Erica, treating her as if she's property. Now that's okay. That, that's not okay. I sh- I'm sorry. That's not okay. Not okay. 
you don't do that, Tommy Tutons. What a disgusting thing to say. I don't know if he's listening to this podcast. Who knows? But Tommy Tutons, if you're out there, you do not say that to a woman. Nobody's, you don't treat a woman like your property. It's disgusting. Disgusting. So uh, anyway, then we did see her choking up a little bit at the end of the scene as she's looking at her three-bedroom apartment. And that was upsetting to me. I'll be honest, that was upsetting because again, here she is looking at an apartment that's bigger than mine and she's crying looking at it. Like, Eric Jane barely ever cries on this fucking show. The only time I really think I've seen her cry, she's like, you don't know what I've been through every night. Remember that? <laughs> I'll never forget. You don't know what I go through every night. She's, you know, crying through the Botox. Love that. You don't know what I go through. You don't know what I go through every night. <laughs> uh, but here she is crying now looking at a three bedroom apartment. I'm like, I wish I lived in that apartment. I mean, come on. And she's alone. I got my boyfriend here. You know, we got two of us. And here Erica Jane's just alone in a three-bedroom apartment with the shoe palace. I'm like, that sounds pretty great to me. And here she is choking up about it. Now, maybe she was thinking of her marriage or some of the other stuff going on, so I get it. But anyway, then we see Sutton getting a mammogram. She never had one. Good to show. Kyle wears pink to the mammogram. They talk about the crystal stuff again. Good for her. I think it's good that they're showing it. Got to show them. Got to get checked. You know, I say this all the time on the show, and you guys probably get so annoyed with me. But check on your colonoscopy. Talk to your doctor about a colonoscopy. If you have a family history of colon cancer, uh, talk to your parents or your living relatives if there's a history of colon cancer in your family. Because if there is, got to start getting your colonoscopies even earlier than they recommend. However, they did just lower the, the age of when you're supposed to get a colonoscopy. So talk to your doctor. Very important. Even if you don't get a colonoscopy, there are different screenings they do now. You can even get like a home screening to find out whether or not you should have a colonoscopy, could save a life. Talk to your doctor when you go get your physical, because oftentimes they won't bring it up. you got to bring it up. So talk to your doctor. If you have access, talk to your family, talk to your doctors, figure out if you need a colonoscopy, because it could save a life. I'm telling you, it'll save your life, so do it. Right now, make a note of it. Put it in your phone. Send yourself an email, whatever you got to do. Check on colonoscopy. I've heard from people, too. Some of you have DM'd me and said, because uh, I mentioned on the show before, some of you DM me and said, oh my God, uh, I went and had to get polyps removed. That's what happened to me. And I've heard from others of you when I've I've talked about this before. So it really could save a life. You might not think it, uh, but it's something you got to do. And mammograms too, ladies. You got to get the mams. Got to get the mams. What are you doing? Talk to your doctors. I know healthcare is tough in this country if you're listening in the US, but uh, try to find a way. Try to find a way. Get your mams. Get your mams. Uh, then we cut to Erica at the Sofitel with Rinna. And Rinna's launching the lip line. And she cheers to new beginnings at the beginning of their sit-down with Erica and Rinna. And Rinna's acting as if the fraud divorce charges are the same as launching a lip kit. And that made me laugh. You guys, that was a good, that was a good laugh. <laughs> Erica Jane. I hate to say poor Erica Jane. Uh, but here she is going through this really uh, intense uh, national fraud case where the husband was bamboozling orphans and widows and she's getting a divorce now and alleged to be involved somehow. And Rena's like, cheers to new beginnings in, in regards to her lip kit. A lip kit, which again, everyone's got a lip kit. Um, but here comes Lena with the rip, Rena with the lip kit. Uh, Erica says she has not felt this vulnerable. They show a flashback of that LVP scene with Tom being an asshole. And I forgot when they were all at dinner. Erica said she almost did trial separation. She said he's old school generation, uh, so she didn't think that would work. 
but apparently he got served. She drove him to work the last day that they were together. She drove him to work and he said, thanks, hun. Thanks. That was chilling to me. He said, thanks, hun. That's all he said. When she dropped him off for work and they were getting divorced. Thanks, hun. And then he got served, I think, the next day or that afternoon. Erica says he's got some real challenges ahead of him. Real challenges. Then we cut to dumpling making. Oh, I love a good dumpling. Love a good dumpling. But Crystal apparently forgot to, what, she forgot to buy dough or something? Poor Rob had to go out to the store right away and get the dough. You know, that always happens when you forget something. You go to cook something. Nothing worse. You go to cook burgers and you're like, oh, I forgot to buy meat. You know, and <laughs> you're like preparing the buns and you don't got no meat. You know, we've all been there before. That was relatable to me. That was relatable. So Garcelle points out that Erica, when she walked into the dough making, she walked in like sex on heels. Now, Erica gets a hot toddy. She had a hot toddy with Rinna, too. She's doing a lot of hot toddy work. And Erica reveals that she's high off oil. And she says specifically, and I quote this direct quote, so forgive me my language, but Erica Jane says, uh, actually, Bamboozle Jane says, I pet it all over my clit and my vajayjay. She says, in regards to the THC oil. Now, here's what I'm thinking. Did you guys notice her sort of sudden shift to this sex persona? I know Erica Jane has always been someone who's been uh, proud of her sexuality. Gorgeous woman. Proud of her sexuality. But it seems to me like she's almost leaning more into the sex persona, like a Blanche kind of thing. And I feel like she can't really be like the rich ice queen anymore. And so now she's got to be vulnerable and open about something, and I almost feel like she's leaning more into the sex persona. Does that make sense? It's like, okay, well, I can't be the rich ice queen. This is just my theory. I don't know. Uh, but now I'm going to be more like Blanche from the Golden Girls. And I mean, let's just face it. Nobody could be Blanche. You guys, Blanche is a queen and icon and a legend. No one will ever touch her. And don't ever try. Don't ever try. Except maybe Kathy could be like a rose. <laughs> don't you feel like Kathy's a little bit of a rose and island? Ah, oh, I love her. Love. Kathy could, you know what? Maybe we need to reboot Golden Girls with the three Richard sisters, Kathy, Kyle, and uh, Kim. Let's get them on the Golden Girls and then I'll play Sophia. It'll be scripted. I'll play Sophia because I just want to be there with them. I'm sorry. Who's, or, you know, Big Kath's not around anymore. So I'll have to come in and play Big Kath, but it'll be like a Golden Girls esque scripted series. I don't know. I'm spitballing here, but I think it could work. I would love it. I would love it. Uh, so then uh, Sutton and Crystal talk, and they show Crystal telling everyone about the Sutton walk-again thing. I'm sort of bored by this whole thing. I, I, I'll be honest with you guys. Maybe that's not a popular opinion, but I'm sort of bored. Uh, Erica does reveal that she's doing 90 days with no sex. Uh, then Sutton addresses the whole group. She says what Crystal is saying is defamatory to say that she violated her. And uh, Sutton also says that she's upset Crystal called her manic after telling her about her dad's suicide. And I understood this because it is, I mean, that is a bigger word to throw around, especially if somebody's been open about the uh, mental health struggles in their family life. Do you get what I mean? I don't know. Uh, Garcelle does stick up for Sutton. She says, I'm going to believe you. Um, Garcelle, or wait, that's not what she said. I don't know why I wrote down, I'm going to believe you. Not sure what the fuck that means, but I wrote it in my notes. So I'm telling you what, I'm telling you, somebody said I'm going to believe you. Not sure who it was. Then we cut to them inside making dumplings. Dorit's like, I can't wait to do this for PK. I don't believe Dorit ever made one fucking dumpling for PK after this whole uh, cooking lesson. Do you guys think that she did? By the way, I think that's all Dorit said this whole episode. I'm going to make these for PK. I mean, Dorit's basically a friend of this season. I'm not really seeing much out of Dorit. 
You know, I know last week on the show we were talking about how she's the blue or the green ranger, the green power ranger. And it seems to me maybe she's off fighting crimes this season and that's what she's doing because I'm not seeing her much in the scene work. Nothing's really going on with Dorit. I feel like it, maybe it's because she had to leave so many times to fight crime for Angel Grove. That's my theory. Sticking to it. Uh, then let's see. Garcelle and Kyle, they can't stop eating the, the dumplings. And I appreciated that. Oh, and then Erica says, my dumplings are the tightest. Uh, it was great. That was her being Blanche too. See, she was trying to be, uh, Blanche. And then, um, she said, they talk about Garcelle meeting the dating coach. Uh, Erica says, I'm not meeting a dating coach. I'm just going to have a lot of anonymous sex. See, it's all sex stuff all of a sudden. It's a real quick shift. Now she's rubbing the oil all, all over her, uh, all over her Meredith Gray. She's rub, rubbing the THC all over it. And now she's talking about how she's going to have lots of anonymous sex. She says her dumplings are the tightest. I mean, it's like a lot of sexual metaphor work out of Erica Jane. She's doing the hot toddy work. She's doing the sexual metaphor work. She's doing a lot. She's doing a lot. And I don't know if it's because of the oil that she rubbed all over her Meredith Grey, but it's something. Something's up with Erica Jane, I believe. Uh, then uh, Garcelle's taking some desserts to go. I appreciated that. She was taking some desserts to the kids. Good. Good. I love it to go back. Uh, Erica does make the girls sort of, she does this weird sort of promise with them to not talk shit about her. She says, you know, it's cool if we talk shit to each other, but don't talk shit to anyone else. And she almost like sort of looked them in the eye and it became like a big thing. I was like, uh oh, that was chilling to me. That was chilling. What she was trying to say is like, don't talk about my court case outside of this filming. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. Uh, and then Erica Jane says in her confessional, there's so much these women don't know. So much they don't know. Ah, goosebumps. You guys, I thought this episode was great. I really do. I thought we got some information. We got some shady stuff. We got, there's also other things going on. We have the Sutton and Crystal stuff. We got the Kyle and Dorit stuff. So we got layers here. We got ourselves a season, I believe. Think it's great. I'm just happy. I'm alive. Like Celine Dion once said in a song called I'm Alive. I'm alive. Uh, next week on the show, we see Portia screaming. We have Rinna talking about Scott Disick of it all. Ooh, did you guys watch the Kardashian reunion? I thought it was fantastic. There, I have some complaints. I wish they showed clips. I would have liked it to be three parts and we got some clips. Also, I'm sure they cut tons of juicy stuff because those Kardashians, they are producers on the show. And I think Andy said on his radio show that there was a lot of juicy stuff they had to cut out. So I can only imagine what the original cut was like. However... Uh, what we saw, I thought was good. Cause I, I went into it sort of with low expectations thinking like, they're not going to talk about anything good. And then when they were talking about Chloe, uh, Chloe mentioned her plastic surgery, Kim was talking about the Chris Humphreys of it all. I thought it was interesting. They talked about whether or not they, uh, have unrealistic body ideals for women, which I thought was interesting. Although I would have liked them to go deeper in that conversation. Cause they felt like we kind of got some surfacey stuff there. Uh, but I thought Andy did such a good job, you guys. I I don't think people realize like how hard of a job that is, especially on that show, where they are in charge of what airs. They are going to be, of course, guarded about their images and the brand they have to protect. And still, it seemed like they allowed Andy to ask questions that I don't think they would have allowed anyone else. And uh, so I just, we got to give props to Andy because I thought he did such a great job on there. Really impressive, and I could only imagine how much better it would have been if we would have had Andy to get final cut on that. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so, luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that 
thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving credenzas, TV stands, and accessories so much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Uh, you guys, I want to say thank you all so much for listening. Everything Iconic merch at everythingiconic.store. Again, just go to everythingiconic.store. You can get all of our merch. We have t-shirts up to 5XL. Uh, also, the Patreon page, I do one episode a month. The bonus episode, I'm currently recapping Sex in the City. The new Sex in the City episode recap will be out uh, by the end of the weekend. So there's one a month. So the June one will be out hopefully by the end of the weekend. And to get those episodes, just go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash everything iconic. And if you donate $4 more per month, you get access to the bonus episodes. Just doing one a month. Uh, what else? Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. I did uh, some great interviews recently. I don't know if you guys listened to the episode earlier this week, but uh, at the beginning, the first half of the episode, I'm talking about this new movie, Luca, which is a Pixar movie that's on Disney+. And uh, I talk about sort of the gay representation about that. I think it's a... A very important movie and a a wonderful movie, too. I loved it, loved it so much. And then the second half is an interview with Hannah Einbinder from Hacks on HBO Max, which is my favorite show this year. Hannah's a great comedian. She's Lorraine Newman's daughter, too, by the way, who's one of the original SNL people. Uh, Hannah was great, and I loved getting to do these celebrity interviews. I know a lot of you tune in just for the Bravo stuff, the Housewives stuff, uh, but... uh, truly getting to talk to some of these people. I mean, that's my favorite show on TV right now. Heck. So I, I love it. And uh, I'm so glad you guys are enjoying the interviews and uh, it makes me happy. Uh, it makes me happy. When I started this show, you know, I was doing interviews from the beginning. Uh, the very first three episodes were interviews. Uh, so yes, I know a lot of you tune in for Bravo stuff, but I will continue doing the interviews and talking about some other pop culture stuff because we have two episodes a week. And uh, it keeps me filled. Anyway, speaking of keeping me filled, is that sort of a gross euphemism? Keeping me filled? I feel like Erica Jane in the episode of The Real House of Beverly Hills. Uh, speaking of, I want to do one of our meditation cards. So at the end, we've been doing these cheesy meditation cards, reminding you all to take a deep breath in and hold it. And I want to just remind you guys, remind you to take those deep breaths. Take a moment for yourself. Uh, and this is a meditation card. So this is something to remind yourself as you go about your day. So remind yourself, I am receptive. I am open to new ideas. I am willing to try different methods and I consider alternate viewpoints. I welcome intellectual stimulation. I am receptive. So try to go about your the rest of your week, your weekend, being receptive and being open. I love you all. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Stay safe, and we'll talk next week. Bye-bye.
This podcast was brought to you by Acast. Go to acast.com slash everything iconic to listen to all episodes of Everything Iconic.